What's up, y'all? It's Kavya, and welcome back to the 28th episode of Women on the Mic. Today, I'm so excited to have Blair Westerland, a former University of Texas volleyball player, with me today. Thank you so much for joining me, Blair. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Obviously, you know, I want to talk about your journey with volleyball and mental health. And um, But firstly, you know, how did you get started with volleyball? I started playing volleyball back when I was probably in like third grade. My older sister played and I was like, I want to do that too. So I tried all the sports like every kid does. And I did not like any of the other ones besides volleyball. So I just kind of went with it. Yeah, I started playing like tennis and swimming. And then I just hated those both. And I tried volleyball and I just, I loved it. I just loved, you know, the team aspect of it. So obviously you played volleyball at the University of Texas. And I know you have uh, quite the family tradition at UT Austin, but um, you know, what went into that decision to play at UT? Yeah, it was so long ago now to think about it, but I was looking at like Texas and Penn State was my other top one that I was really interested in. Yeah. And just kind of when it came down to it, I wasn't ready to leave like my home state and like my home city just yet. And I've always been drawn to Texas, just going to the games growing up mm-hmm. and just knowing that that pride is there within my family. So whenever I got offered, I was like, you know, this is probably the right fit for me and something good is going to come out of this. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, you know, from high school to college is a huge leap. And then you add you know, being a student athlete at one of the best schools, volleyball schools in the nation, best conferences, most competitive, um, you know, and then I, I know your freshman year, you had a really significant injury. Can you take me through kind of like what was going through your mind when you first came on campus, you know, ready to play, and then when you um, ended up tearing your ACL? Yeah, for sure. I think as a freshman, it's a lot to take in all at once. I think I graduated high school on Saturday, and then I was at UT on Monday. Oh, wow. And it just all happened really fast. And I think a mindset that a lot of young girls get into when they first get to college is like, I'm going to play right away. Like, I'm going to be the best. Like, this is why I'm here. Mm-hmm. And so if I don't play, then I'm basically letting everybody down. And that mindset got to be really toxic for me because I didn't start playing automatically. I didn't play really till the middle of the season. And I think it was just a real kind of like, downward trend for my mental health because I was so focused on playing. I was so focused on being the best. I wasn't really checking in with myself and like making sure I as a human was truly okay and not just me as a volleyball player. So then when I got injured, it was kind of like newsflash, like volleyball isn't really going great, but more importantly, you're not doing great. And so it kind of just kickstarted this whole thing of like, wow, I'm not – I'm not mentally well. So ultimately I describe my injury as like my saving grace because I think I would have stayed stuck in this mindset of I'm not playing, I'm failing. Like, why am I here? Like, what is the point of me being at Texas? Because my freshman year, I would consider leaving all the time. So it's like, I'm not playing, so why am I here? So I think that was a huge turning point. I've been reading your blog, and by the way, like I love reading it. It's so moving and I just (laughs) love Um, reading your stories but um, one thing you mentioned is how I think as athletes your identity becomes wrapped up so much in your sport you know your you know your weekends are spent going to tournaments you know your teammates are your friends and you know it's just kind of all in one 
after your injury, you know, how did you kind of like find Blair without volleyball, you know, which is such a key part of what you thought was your identity? Yeah, for sure. I think especially coming in like freshman year, you're like, oh, I want to be on all the social media. Like I want to do all this. And then once you got injured, it was kind of like you were behind the scenes. Like you were not like focused on as much, like, cause you're not playing. There's not much you can do. And so in that moment, like I wasn't getting reassurance from coaches telling me like, you're doing good. Like you're like, you're going to get there. Like you're going to play soon because I wasn't, I was injured. And so I had to become that rock for myself in that sense and be like, Hey, like you're, you're waking up in the morning. Like that was a huge accomplishment. I was like, I'm awake. Like I got to get through this day. And I think relying on myself became the biggest turning point in this journey and realizing like, I don't need the uh, affirmation of a coach or someone else telling me that I'm doing good in order to have a good day, you know? Yeah. And I think you mentioned how you think of your injury as your saving grace. And I think during this pandemic, um, you know, we've had to kind of reframe how we think about things, be more optimistic and change our mindsets. How would you say like that period of time, your recovery has helped, has helped you grow, like looking back on it, like what were some silver linings that you found from that period of time? I would say that I have become much more confident in the person that I am. And I have discovered more of my self-worth because often I would put my self-worth in the opinion of others and be like, well, whatever they think of me is how I'm going to think of myself. Yeah. So I think having that like stripped away, like volleyball stripped away, I've had to get to the core of myself and be like, who am I? What are my values? And like, what do I want to do in this world? And I think that has just been amazing. Like I'm at a point in my life where I'm so confident and calm and just in the like a happy state because I took that time and was given that time because I was injured mm-hmm. to figure out what I wanted to do, who I wanted to be and what like I could give to the world outside of volleyball. Yeah. You mentioned confidence and like self-acceptance. And I think those are two really important things that a lot of people and especially girls deal with, um, especially, you know, in adolescence, high school, college, like, just like development. What would you say are ways that you've like work to build your confidence? Like what are some tips you would give, you know, a athlete or just a person who's dealing with a low self-esteem or low confidence? I would just say like, that's hard because I, I am confident, but I still struggle with that. Of course, like yeah. I still have those days where I'm like, oh man, I, I don't like the way I look today. Yeah. But I think for me, it's like finding the core of me and what that core can offer to the world and like what is this characteristic that I have that is truly like a value to me a value to the world and just building off of that not focusing on like honestly I was so focused on social media for a long time and like how many likes I got how many followers I got and when I just started like living and just like taking a breath and being like I was created this way I'm offering these things to the world and going back to self-worth, just discovering yourself and like how much you are truly worthy of and deserve in this life. It just shot my confidence up so much. Totally. I think, you know, saying those like um, self-affirmations in the morning, like I'm worthy, mm-hmm. like I'm loved, I'm awesome, just uh, is such a boost of confidence and really helps you. Um, I know, you know, I read your blog and I read your story and you know, I know mental health has been a huge part of your journey, you know, from you were um, like from since you were in elementary school, I think, 
Um, can you talk a little bit about, you know, the first time you struggled with your mental health and ultimately how did you find that strength to reach out for help? Because I think a lot of people, um, you know, struggle alone. Yeah, for sure. So I kind of had two really big points where my mental health hit me hard. And I would say when I was younger, it got so bad that I was physically ill. And so it got to the point where I didn't have a choice if I wanted to ask for help or not. Everyone was like, oh, like something's wrong here. Yeah. And I think that happens to a lot of people. We're like, we get forced into telling others because there's no way we can hide it anymore. Like yeah. our mental health is truly like wearing away at us. And then the next time, which was like college is when it got pretty bad. It was bad in high school, but college was my next big like hit to the mental health. I think I had to come to the realization that I needed help. And that's 10 times harder than that being forced out of you because you're physically showing it. But building the strength in myself to like ask for help, it's so hard because we're like, as women, especially in sports, they're going to be like, oh, they're being emotional. Like yeah. she's being a woman and like she's emotional. Like she's just throwing this anxiety word out there. Mm-hmm. And I think when you get to like the core of it and you stop telling yourself like the world is going to see you as weak. And that's when like asking for help gets a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And that's just a big discovery I've had when I let others mindset get out of the way of my own. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think, you know, even as athletes, like when you're, you get injured physically, sometimes you might not want to tell coaches cause then they won't play you or they won't, mm-hmm. they'll think like, Oh, maybe she's faking an injury, something like that. So when it comes to like the mental aspect, like, you know, I can't imagine how much, um, you know, what was going through your mind when you decided to, you know, reach out for help. And during this pandemic, I feel like a lot of people who have had mental health issues, um, you know, I feel like it, the pandemic has definitely exacerbated whatever they've had. Um, what advice would you give to these people or just people in general who, you know, might not have the strength to reach out for help or, um, you know, are suffering alone? I would definitely say to read and do research into mental health because when I was struggling alone, I didn't realize that there was this whole community around me online, like your podcast or like other people's blogs. There's a ton of small bloggers out there talking about mental health. And I think for me personally, the whole goal is for someone to read my blog and to like realize that they're not alone. Yeah. Like as much as this like life can look perfect on the outside, like if you're reading this and like, you read these things and you're like, oh my gosh, I thought it was crazy. Like, that's all I want for someone to get when they read my story. It's like, you're not crazy. Like these thoughts you're having aren't wrong. There's nothing wrong with them. And I think that's the whole point of advocacy is like letting people know like they're not alone. And if you don't want to reach out, just like read and soak it up. So you get these negative like spiraling thoughts out of your head. Like I'm crazy. No one else is experiencing this. Because probably during this pandemic, we've all experienced a little something that makes us feel crazy. Yeah. So just looking out for resources is really helpful. On your blog, you have one post, which is like a letter to my younger self. And when I read that, I was just like, I was so moved. It was, you know, that story really resonated with me. I think something um, a lot of high schoolers, middle schoolers deal with is like body image. And that's something um, female athletes deal with. It's something, you know, I've also had to kind of build confidence about. So I just want to say your story was really resonated with me and I'm sure so many other people as well. Well, Thank you so much. That was a a tough one to write, honestly, because to reflect and like 
like at that time because you could easily sit there and be like man I wish I did it differently but yeah I think it's just realizing like your mental health and your whole life journey takes steps and different turns and that it's okay if it doesn't look at it like how you pictured it yeah and I think you know on social media we highlight all the highs and the like amazing smiles you know cute photos and we don't necessarily see what's going on under that and so but I think the low points of our careers of our lives really help shape you and help you grow and I think um, it, that's key to um, sharing your stories to sh also share you know kind of the low points and um, mm -hmm. how you grew from that um, when you kind of first reached out for help or well, when you reached out for help in college, what was kind of the reaction of your teammates, coaches, family? Like, what was their reaction? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. So, like, a lot of my core friends I played with, like, didn't really struggle with mental health issues. And we always joke, like, I'm the one who, like, pulls people out of their feelings and, like, gets them to talk about it. So going to my friends was kind of weird because I was like, I don't usually, like, have to like pull something out of me to tell them yeah. but their reaction was so good I have such great friends and I think the biggest fear is people's reaction and I mean there will be bad reactions of course I've had bad reactions in my life but that just shows you like that person isn't meant to be in your life that it's not going to serve you by having them in your life mm -hmm. so when I saw how accepting and like loving my friends were I was like okay, like, this is another step. Like, I can keep moving. I can go to the next person. Mm -hmm. And if they react badly, I know I have the people behind me who I told before. Yeah. So I think it's just finding the people who are going to support you in that way. How do you best support someone who, like, comes to you with their, opens up about their mental health? What's the best way to support them? I would say it differs from person to person, for sure. Everyone's different. But I think one thing that I just absolutely love is people being like, I hear you and I see you. It's like, I don't understand, like, I don't experience that personally, but like, I hear you and I see you mm. and just validating that they're not in this alone. Like people are listening, people are seeing them and that they are valued in that sense that we're going to listen and we're going to see you no matter what. I think just those two little phrases can go so far for someone who's in the middle of a crisis. Mm -hmm, totally. Um, you know, switching back to your career at Texas, I know in 2019, you announced your medical retirement from volleyball. Um, so what was that journey like, you know, since your freshman year till that announcement? That journey was very exhausting. I would say that in the sense, I remember the day I like decided I was retiring. I was sitting in with my trainer and we just got some like bad news back on my testing for my knee and I looked at her and I just started crying. I was like, I'm so tired of fighting. Mm -hmm. I think I just got to the point mentally where my body was like, you can't do this anymore. Like you can't win a losing battle, you know? Yeah. The whole journey, I think I had in the back of my mind, I was like, there's a chance this isn't gonna work. And like, I'm putting in all this extra work for it to maybe not be the outcome that I wanted. But when the time came to make the decision, that was the best decision for me because I was just so physically tired like it just blurted out of me like I was like I'm gonna retire I'm so tired of doing this yeah I can't even imagine um and then you know now obviously you're a mental health advocate and you post on your Instagram story on your on your blog what kind of inspired you to start doing that and start speaking out and using your voice I think 
But the biggest thing is like all those nights where I was like searching for someone who would maybe like say the same thing that's going on in my head. Yeah. And I've just always had a passion for therapy and like for help and things like that. And truly God put this on my heart and that's just something I couldn't ignore. I felt like this is something I want to do. I want to make a change in this world. And if this is what it is, then this is what I'm going to do. It's scary, but it's so powerful at the same time. Writing is really powerful for me and just a healing mechanism. So it all just kind of worked out great because it heals me and it could help others as well. Um, You know, I think part of, you know, sharing your story and um, creating all these resources is to, you know, stop the stigma against mental health, especially mental health and athletes. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that stigma? You know, why do you think that exists? And uh, kind of like the extent to which it exists across, you know, all careers, but especially in athletes. Yeah, for sure. I think it is also different for everyone in every situation and team that you're on. But I think it's the point of like, we're athletes and we're at the highest level we could possibly be at. So if we're weak, then why are we here? Yeah. I mean, we're constantly pushed and being told like, show no signs of weakness. And it's like, oh, okay. (laughs) Like I can do that. Like that's what the best do. That's how they become the best. And I think it's just like random little comments that like you hear along the way. And it's like, why are we talking about anxiety? Like, why are we anxious? It's like, I don't know. Yeah. And so all those little things like build up and athletes are just looked at higher. It's like, you're so blessed. Like you're an athlete. Why are you anxious? Why are you sad? Like, why are you depressed? And I think we get stuck in this loop of like, oh yeah, you're right. Am I being selfish? Am I taking advantage of this amazing opportunity and just letting my mental health ruin it all? And so I think that's the biggest thing is like, it can lead you to feel very selfish. Be like, I have been so blessed. Why am I literally struggling to get out of bed? And I think that's kind of where it all spirals out of control. And you have people like yourself and, um, you know, Victoria Garrick, I love her. I love her platform. And then, you know, even NBA players like Kevin Love, you know, I don't know if you've heard him, you know, share his story, but it just goes to show, you know, at every level, you know, you can experience um, issues with your mental health. And, and so it's, it's really powerful for people like you guys to share your story and let people know that, you know, it's okay, you're not alone. And everyone has, you know, goes through this. So it's, it's pretty Mm -hmm. awesome. What, what do you hope to see next when it comes to like, mental health whether that's like more resources more people sharing their stories like voices like what do you what's next i think more acceptance from i would say people in authority of you like college university like coaches like the head ad like anything like that we just want more acceptance we want to be heard and seen all at the same time and like more therapy like making it more normal because we would talk about therapy, but it wouldn't be like, Oh, like you should go. It's just like, there's therapy. If you need it, like you can go if you want to be like, no, like this is serious. If you need to go to therapy, you can go before practice. You can go after practice. Therapy is there. And just normalizing the fact that we can go to therapy and we can get help and that it doesn't make us weak and it doesn't make us less of an athlete. It honestly just makes us stronger and it just adds to our day. Like, I go to practice, then I go to therapy, and that's okay. That's how my day is going to go. Yeah, I love that. You know, I think um, 
my friends have started, you know, normalizing, talking about therapy before practices, like, hey, you know, I have this therapy session, you know, next week, you know, it's my first one. And I think, you know, that's like the next steps is just kind of normalize talking about mental health and uh, providing resources for, you know, everyone to have. For sure. That's huge. Just yeah. normalizing the word therapy. I feel like sometimes I'm like, oh, it's kind of a weird word to say, yeah. but it's not. It's normal. There's so many different aspects of therapy. There's so many forms. And just the more we normalize it, the more people are going to realize it's okay to go and it's okay to tell people I'm going also. Do you have like any good resources people can use when it comes to like learning about mental health or, um, you know, people who are kind of highlighting the conversation around mental health that you really like? I really love Victoria Garrick. She's always one that I follow. I think I follow her on like every social media platform from (laughs) Instagram to TikTok. Yeah. Um, oh, their apps are so good. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, like, get me through the day. They're so funny. But I would say just, like, look at athletes on the team because a lot of times it's the smaller athletes on the team who are saying something. It's, like, the ones who, like, might be on the bench or something like that. And just look for those because a lot of the times we do see the big stars, like, speaking out, which is huge. There's nothing against that but there's also these hidden voices of people who might be on the bench and like looking for help in that aspect and so I would just look at all areas of teams because there are some really powerful voices the hidden opponent on Instagram which is also Victoria's yeah huge there's so many athletes from all levels from D1 to D3 speaking out like there's just so many stories coming out right now and it's just gonna help so many people because with different stories means like different experiences and different people to relate to. So yeah. it's really huge. Yeah, I love the hidden opponent. I mean, I just, they share stories from, like you said, all levels of college mm-hmm. athletics, um, different people. So it's, it's super cool to read all those stories. And that's actually where I read about you. And I was like, dang, oh. I need to have this podcast. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's so cool. Um, so I know we've kind of covered some heavier topics, but I just want to ask you like some fun questions before we end. That's good with you. Yeah, for sure. So what is your like dream vacation? Ooh, any beach like Bora Bora, Tulum, just take me to a beach and I'll be happy. (laughs) Okay. What about your favorite snack of all time? Ooh, it like kind of changes, but currently it's like cheddar cheese popcorn. Ooh, okay. Yeah, that's good. And then Mm -hmm. what is your favorite TV show of all time? Or just like right now, what are you watching? Of all time is probably The Office. Oh my God, I love The Office. So good. It's the only one I can quote. I can't quote anything, but like I can randomly pull out an Office quote, so. Who's your favorite character? I mean, I love Dwight just because the awkwardness that he brings, and I'm like, I can relate to the awkwardness on, like, another level. You um, listen to the Office Ladies podcast with, um, it's, like, with Pam, the actor who plays Pam and Angela, and they just kind of go through all the episodes of the Office and, like, behind the scenes and, like, um, just funny moments. It's, it's so good. If you're, you should definitely check it out. You should check that out. I need to show my friends that they would be obsessed. <laughs> I've yeah, never right. heard of that. And then sometimes they like bring on Mindy Kaling and just like people from the episode to just like analyze that episode. So good. That's awesome. <laughs> um, you know, before I end, I just want to thank you for taking the time and coming on. It really means a lot to me. Yeah. Thank you for doing this podcast. It is so cool. And like, I've been, 
I told you I've been listening to your podcast and like looking at the different athletes and I think just a young woman highlighting other women is huge and it's exactly what we need right now. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Um, so I like to end with this question that I ask all the athletes, but um, what do you think is the most important thing that we teach young women today? I think the most important thing, like we kind of mentioned before that your sport is not your identity and that you have so much to offer this world outside of your sport. And no matter if you're the number one or like you're at the bottom, like you offer so much to the team, you offer so much value to so many people's lives. So don't let your ranking on the team ever determine your worth and your self-love towards your own self.